0: To your day off, my name is Courtney. Of course, I'm sitting with my best friend Tony. What's up, buddy? Uh, what's, what's going on, brother? Good. So, uh, I guess our first shout out is that we're this is our first show. Is this our first show? It's our first show in, in um, 2022. We're at live from Premier Orlando. So, big shout out to Premier Orlando for once again bringing us in, and we get to hang out in their, uh, their awesome media room. Yeah, dude. Uh, we got here last night, which uh, was a uh, a lot smoother of a flight because it's kind of like a little bit of a tropical storm out there right uh, now. I know. I'm so worried that, you know, planes are going to get delayed and stuff because, you know, if the industry needs anything right now, we need each other and, and we should have a whole weekend of togetherness. So anyone that misses out or that can't make it to premier uh, I hope it happens. Well, we'll miss you. <laughs> yeah, we totally will miss you. Um, so uh, listen, as these things happen, man, I'm super excited about our guests today. We, we, uh, we, 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 we are actually all of our guests today. We, we have a Dave packed you know, with, with guests. Some well, today's guests, we've been trying for three years. As a matter of fact, and more so than that, normally when it's been three years, it's because our schedules don't meet up. Our schedules have met up a couple times with today's guests, but other things happen. Other pandemics happen. You know, things just happen. Well, thank
2: God that uh, that we were able to make it happen today. Yes.
0: And they, what do they say? Good things come to
2: those who wait. Yep. I'm excited. And, and you know, it's it funny because a lot of times you, people that, you know, we get on the podcast, we know we you know, we know them, we're friends with them, but, you know, this, today, you know, we know people who've uh, attended uh, classes and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and they just, you know, they're in love, and, and just in all of this person, and, and even though, like, we're talking like like nobody, nobody knows. knows, but, you know, the podcast, <laughs> you'll know who it is. Yeah, this
0: is what we do. <laughs> but,
2: yeah, dude, I, I, I've been excited about this podcast for a while.
0: I, I kind of like, and I don't know if this is true, but I'm sure, you know, our guests will yell at me today, but like one of the OGs of independent education like one of the first people that kind of came out and kind of did the thing you know now now there's independent education from I mean from coaching to how to do a haircut to how to do a bob shape you know there's all that coaching but you like our guest today man this is the OG yeah and 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 not only just the OG
2: but it's I mean her work is phenomenal preach you know what I mean preach. it's just it, like I know, it, it, it changed a couple of my friends' lives. I mean, it, it changed their books. It changed. I just their got the confidence. chills. I yeah. got the chills, man. So, uh, and, uh, and and speaking from the heart, and I watch these people work, and, right. and when they come back, and just the confidence in them, it's just that's that's why I'm excited to talk to her. I, I me too. You know?
0: right. I know. So um. So listen, today our guest is the Bali Lama, also known as Candy Shaw. We're really excited to have her. Um, like I said, I mean, like, well, we're, we're going to get into her story. You know how we do things, but, uh, but should we get in? Yeah. So, Ms. Candy Shaw, welcome to your day off.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm happy to finally connect. Me
0: too, man. And I'm glad you had a day off today so you could kind of make this happen
1: amen but well. i don't call it a day off <laughs> it's showtime right <laughs> yeah, thanks for giving us an hour out, out of your busy schedule it's absolutely my pleasure
0: thank you so much so candy where um, where are you from
1: well if you couldn't tell atlanta georgia you already said it I, i'm sure i'll be saying a lot of y'alls y'alls but, yep down south good old atlanta georgia born and raised there
2: born and raised really you know, like growing up, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, in Maryland. and uh, But my whole – I'm a huge Atlanta Falcon fan. Ever since I was like seven or eight years old, watching them play uh, Dallas back in the 70s in the playoffs, and uh, even though they lost. Uh, but uh, it's just for something about that Steve Barkowski, that whole crew just captured me. So I, I've, some I had a special place in my heart for Atlanta for some reason for all this time. And uh, we just met another friend from from Atlanta. So Atlanta has some really cool people.
1: Well, thanks. I I think we do, but uh, the Falcons aren't so good anymore. So (laughs) you might want to find another team.
2: Oh, Candy, Candy. (laughs) You broke this boy's heart, Candy. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope every year. No. But, uh, yeah, I mean, how was it growing up in Atlanta?
1: Actually, it was amazing. Um, Atlanta is full of a lot of really incredible uh, hairdressing talent, all of which are friends of mine and my family's for years. So we've had a really great network, and I Mm -hmm. love, love the fact that uh, Atlanta is really growing, changing. You know, we've got the movie industry now, the music industry now. I mean, Tyler Perry's done some amazing things in our city. We are on fire. Yeah.
0: I think that's our first Tyler Perry shout-out. Whoop, whoop. Mm -hmm. Way to go, Tyler.
2: So you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, how strong hair, not only in the – the industry, but your family. How did you get into the industry?
1: Well, my father is a sixty-year hairdresser, uh, retired after sixty years. He was a world champion hairdresser. And what is uh, that? Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa! What's a world champion mean?
1: Well, what a lot of listeners don't even know is there was all these competition days back in the day. Not the competition hair that you see at the trade show, but the real deal. You know, three and four day competitions and. My father was the first American to ever win the World Championship of Hairdressing uh, in Amsterdam. What? And he won it for the Marcel Iron. And it was the first time an American had ever won that. It was always coveted by the Europeans. So it was a really big deal. And so I grew up in the industry with my dad. My uncle is also a hairdresser, still a hairdresser at the chair, and has a salon in Atlanta as well. I have a cousin who's a hairdresser. My son is in the business. My daughter-in-law is a hairdresser. Whoa. I mean, it is a family affair, no doubt.
0: Wow. That's amazing.
1: Oh, and my mother was his model, and his, uh, she was a makeup artist. So so, I mean.
0: so when, you were, uh, when you were young, did you travel with your dad to, like, Amsterdam and all everywhere. this
1: stuff? Everywhere. I That's mean, I was, uh, my parents took us everywhere. I was really lucky. I never actually went to beauty school, which I love to tell people, because in Georgia, you don't have to. Um, so I was really lucky to break bread with a lot of really great industry greats. So my dad took me backstage everywhere he went uh, because he too did the show circuit.
0: It, it's amazing, and like anybody that's ever like seen Candy at a show or something, all those yellow shirts is also her family, you know, which is so cool that it, that that this is like the continuing trend, right? Trend it really is. It so really cool. is,
1: and it it really brings me joy. I say yellow is the color of joy. I like to think it's the new green, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, really, uh, some people ask me sometimes, they say, why yellow? And oh. I, I, I say, sunlight? Sunlight? <laughs> like right. the sun. I remember when I was a little girl, I would paint a little picture. The first thing I would draw was the sun in the right-hand corner with the little rays coming out. And uh, so yellow just was the natural progression for this, you know, for my product, but also just um, how I feel in the classroom when I'm spreading sunshine. Uh, anytime you see the sun, it just picks your spirits up. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, like spring fever is like a real thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. When that, well, in Atlanta, it cracks a lot earlier than us. But, you know, when we see it like crack in April, you're like, oh, you just, everyone's in a good mood then, right? Yeah, it really is.
2: So, ever since you were a little girl, you knew you were going to be a hairdresser.
1: Yes, I did. Um, I was cutting hair in the locker room in the seventh grade and trade for math homework. And it was uh, <laughs> a true story because I couldn't pass class. I had a learning disability. And so, because of that, uh, I had to figure out a way to get my papers written or get my math done or something like that. And basically for me, uh, it was just a natural progression for me to just do hair. It's what I always knew. I grew up going to my dad's salon after school every day. I worked every weekend. I rode my bike to school. I used to fold the towels, sweep the floors, Stock the Coke machine. People don't even know about the old Coke machines that have the glass bottles in oh, them. Oh, yeah. And I used to count the quarters, steal a oh. few. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it, it was labor, right? Right. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, I grew up in a salon. It's all I ever knew.
0: And is it, I mean... I mean, you're painting this like, like yellow picture, right? But, but I mean, working for your family and stuff like that was, especially in, like the teenage years, was there that normal like teenage year angst working with your family?
1: Oh, it was hard as hell. Are you kidding me? I mean, of That's course it. it was. It was tough. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I was eighteen, my father called one of our dear friends who also owned a salon in Atlanta, John and Carol Seekers, and said, "Hey." I can't take her anymore. You're going to have to hire her for a little (laughs) while or I'm going to kill her. So, of course, I mean, I was a rebel with a cause, just like every other 18-year-old. And uh, so I went and worked for them for a while. And... um, Oh, so that happened.
0: That wasn't just a threat. Oh, no, it happened. Like, Candy, you got to go. Yeah, you got
1: to go. (laughs) You got to go. But uh, it was one of the most uh, formative six months of my life just because um, Carol Seegers ended up being one of my greatest mentors. You know, just um, she's an incredible hairdresser, still at the chair and still, you know, kicking it back. So one of the real OGs of -hmm. the original originals. And. You know, when you when your whole life focuses on education, I think that you just can never get enough, no matter where you are, and I think my dad knew that I just needed to get in a different environment so sure. that I could pick up uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and maybe have a little more appreciation.
0: <laughs> well, ap- appreciation and knowledge, right? I mean, like, even as educators in the salon, like... I know that the frustration certainly for young hairdressers is like, well, Tony's teaching me this way and this person's teaching me that way, you know, when it's, when it's not so systematic. But, you know, you, you find yourself in the middle of all that. Like you need to learn all that so you can find yourself in the middle.
1: Well, that's a that's a very true statement. But I do like to say that systems really do matter, and I think through the pandemic, it really made it that much more obvious for mm-hmm. salon owners and for people who are out there and how you can have your efficiencies at the chair. You know what you can do, ba- you know better, faster, stronger. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, there was a little of this and a little of that, but I think really what my father was always a master at was getting a a systematic way to get everybody on board. So just like if you went to a restaurant, it's like quality control, right? So if you go, if I'm going to go over here to the Capitol Grill and have my steak tonight, I know I'm going to get the same type of thing. So when you go from chair to chair in our 50-chair salon in Atlanta, you know that you're getting that quality. So... We've been doing that for years. That's just been something that's just kind of been bred in me. Yeah. Uh, not to say you're not closed to new ideas and new thoughts, but you work those in to integrate those into your processes because, you know, scripts and education are really what make uh, big salons like mine strong. Well, this, I mean, with 50 chairs, there's no way to do it without,
0: no. like, a strong system. Yeah, absolutely. Or systems, I should say.
1: But I think also a 50 chair like mine, there's no way to do it without love and you know that's really the biggest the biggest thing that i focus on is taking care of our people and taking care of what we do um at our salon uh next week i'm taking our whole staff up for farm day a, a beauty and wellness day for you know getting on the farm getting down and dirty and laughing and learning about other aspects of of beauty which are the outdoors and and just your soul and your spirit too so we we work really hard on not just training The haircut and the highlight but we also work hard on training the human spirit so go ahead yeah so so
2: as as a young handler so when you left for six months i mean obviously you're trying to hone in your own skills and and you know she was a mentor to you but uh was something in you that you always wanted to be an education educator you always wanted to
1: kind of like take care of the industry in, in a certain way? Well, my father was always an educator, because he was in the classroom on the stages and doing, so it's sort of monkey see, monkey do, I guess, you know, in some aspect, but I think for me, you know, it's really ironic. The one thing I feared the most in my life was my teachers, you know, having a learning disability, and then now I am one, you know, but I think the only way I could get good was to break things down to the to the layman's level. Um, I, I, I learned a lot by sight and just seeing, you know, but I don't think that's very fair to the young hairdresser just to say, oh, here's the haircut I did, you know, now go do it. I right. mean, you, they really do need a roadmap now more than ever, you know. So for me, it just was natural for me to always kind of give unselfishly uh, my gifts, you know, because I think we're nothing if we don't leave this place in a better place than we found it. Mm. love it. I love that, too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great. Um, how long have you... Uh,
0: I, I caught when, when we were kind of doing the, the, the pre-talk, we talked about you being the OG. How long have you like been like independent? Well, first of all, the first question is, did you ever work for a brand or did you ever come up through
1: the brand system? No, I'm a GDI. What's a GDI? A goddamn independent. <laughs> 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 no, I never did. And I say that lovingly because I have some really great brand relationships out sure. there that I worship. And, um, but for me, I always just work for me. And just that's just what has worked. You know, mm-hmm. for, uh, my dad back in the day was uh, working with different distribu- uh, not distributors, but um, different manufacturing brands. But fortunately, I found a niche and I created my own. So it just made it that easy uh, transition for me to just become the brand. And so that's kind of what I've done. And I think you were going to ask me how long I've been at the chair, <coughs> but, <laughs> you know, it used to be when you lied about your age, uh-huh. you know, you always said you were older. Now I'm like, maybe I should say less, <laughs> 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 you know, because uh, 40 years, just getting that word out f- f- for f- f- 40, I know. it's like,
0: it's like crazy to be like, Oh, I can actually remember 40 years ago. Right? Uh-huh. I can remember 30 years ago.
1: Uh. Yeah. So.
2: How long when you got back after that six months? How long did you work with your dad before you went totally on your own?
1: Well, actually, I never went totally on my own. I bought the business from my father, and um, you know, for me, it was the I didn't want him to give it to me. You know, I didn't want it to be just you know earn it, earn it throughout through through the respect. I wanted him to get his attorneys, his accountants, and I did the same, and I bought the business from him. He worked really hard for it, and. I thought it was only fair that he got something from his labor of love. And so I bought the business from my father. I work with my husband and my son and, as I said before, my daughter-in-law. And, and you know, I, I always tell my dad, because he does that whole thing, since we're in Disney, maybe this is a good thing to share, <laughs> but it's that what would Walt do, right. you know, and it was always the what would Walt do. Well, Walt Disney almost failed over that philosophy of, You know, what would Walt do? After Walt died, everybody wanted to, you know, ask the question. Well, I do ask the question a lot of times, what would Jameson do, which was my dad. But a lot of times he'll try to give me those advice, you know, obviously uh, years of history and things that he's done that have failed. And I say, you know what, maybe this time I'm going to take a chance on some of that that didn't work the times before, you know. So I had to really sort of streamline what would dad do. And then get it to, you know, what do I need to do? And what what would make, uh, you know, because the industry is ever-changing. We all know right. that. It's a fast-moving train. You can get on it at any station, but the secret is staying on it, right? Mm. And so for me, it was always like working really hard to make it my own. Most businesses fail when a daughter takes over a father's business. I mean, if you read the statistical information, it would tell you right away that, you know, when when you take over the... The business, you know, it goes down the tube. But I was just determined to make my dad proud. And, you know, the business has, you know, really uh, not only uh, survived but thrived. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did he, has he ever, like, can he I, I'm so proud of you. I mean, that's. Uh, like every day. Oh. Yeah, I talk to my dad every day. So every single day he tells me that. He never ends a phone call without, you know, I love you. I'm so proud of you, you know. And I've called him in my darkest hours too, you know, in the fetal position, you know, what in the hell am I going to do next? You know, I mean, you know, we all go through that in business. I mean, it is not just because the color yellow is the color of joy doesn't mean that joy is always, you know, I wake up to it every day or I go to bed to it every night. Yeah, I mean, and it's not just the
0: it's not just the trials of business. I mean, it's just the trials of life. Absolutely. You don't wake up every day. Feeling yellow,
1: you know. Sometimes you're blue, you
0: know? and and, and, yeah. and the goal is by lunch is to is to have a little more yellow
1: in your life, be a yeah.
0: little more green.
1: Yeah, my son and I have a saying, and that is, we wake up and we punch the positivity because you know you have to, you just have to punch it because you can get very cynical in this industry, and we all know about it. You know, clients can make us really cynical. Uh, our 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 leadership could make us cynical. Our 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 you know whoever's our boss can make us cynical. You know, all those types of things can really. Uh, get in our head sometimes. And I just sort of choose to take the high road and, and look at the glass as, as cliche as it sounds as, you know, half full and not always half empty. Do you have any, like,
0: in that process, do you have, like, mantras or something like, or or, or I have two questions, actually. Do you have a mantra that you say, like, okay, Candy, let's shake out of this. And, or do you have, can, can your husband Fred or can your son Jameson, can they go, hey, Candy, you're not being yellow today, you know, and then to kind of, do they have permission to kind of shake you out of that?
1: Yeah, we have permission to do it to each other. You know, we're kind of like the Bermuda Triangle, if you want to know the truth. You know, there's things I can do that my husband can't. There's things Jameson can do that we can't. Mm -hmm. We all know our lane, you know. And I think the the key words that I'm always um, focusing on is, you know, admit when you're wrong. um, You know, accept it. uh, Own it. Which is a really big thing in our family is just own it and uh, stand up, apologize. Which so many people can't even say those two little words. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and move on. You know. And for me, you know, when you lose, don't lose the lesson. There's always a lesson in everything.
2: When you lose, don't lose the lesson. As the OG GDI.
0: OG. I think we just got the title of the podcast. Right. <laughs> At what? <laughs>
2: You know, because a lot of times educators are, are, are sponsored by brands, right? And brands have uh, big pockets and they can push you out and they can advertise. on. The mm-hmm. At what point uh, as a GDI uh, in the beginning, uh, and this is probably pre-social media and all this, when did you say, when did you feel that, you know, people want to learn what I
1: have mm-hmm. and I'm going to go uh, and be a GDI and, and how do I get this out? Well, first of all, I've been teaching for over 25 years. I've been going to salons for a uh, you know, since before digital education, before telephones, uh, you know, the cell phone of being able to do that. Um, a lot of times people ask me, "My gosh, you know, you don't have as many followers. I said, yeah, but I got a lot of believers, you know, and mm. there's a difference between a following and a, belie- a belief system, you know, and uh, I've been teaching French cutting. It was my first love for a long time. Most people know me as the Bali Lama, of course, but I've been teaching cutting uh, for almost, gosh, 28 years now, and I have an academy in Atlanta that I've always taught at, so it just was natural to me. So when I found the niche in balayage, I couldn't get products that I needed. And I went to the leading manufacturers, and I said, hey, make me a product. I really, you know, I think this balayage thing has is, is got some legs. You know, it's going to go places. And they were like, eh, you know, balayage just seems like a trend. And I said, no, it's the little black dress. It's not going anywhere, and we need to get on in front of it. And they kind of turned me down and said no. And I remember getting into the Uber. No, excuse me, the taxi, because there wasn't even an Uber then. <laughs> a little uh, yellow taxi. Yeah. <laughs> I remember getting into the taxi and, and bursting into tears and just being like, why don't they get it? You know, and, and then I just said, you know, forget it. I'm just going to do it myself. Now I say I built a foundation on all the bricks that were thrown at me. And I'm standing uh, tall on those. And to answer your question about education, it was just always there. It wasn't like I woke up one day and thought, oh, I'm going to be an educator. I mean, it started in our salon. It morphed into other salons. And for other people who saw the results from that, Uh, I was a member of Intercoiffure for my whole life, my whole career, and that was just a really tight network of folks who were all leading salon owners, and we would just break bread together and talk about, hey, you know, what are you doing that's working? What are you doing that's working? And the rest is history. It just just became um, part of the process, and then I built a curriculum, and then from there, I started to... um, think that salons weren't big enough, meaning, you know, it was uh, needed to get more eyeballs on it. So when you need to get more eyeballs on it, you go to shows or you go to classrooms and you pack those as well. And so I like to also say that I am an education company. I'm not a brand that finds an educator. You know, brands go out and hire guest artists. I was a guest artist that made a product. So there's a difference, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I'm an education brand first.
0: We uh we, we cut our teeth in an sh- um salon in D.C. Um, Reg Laws oh yeah you know Reg of course P and R yeah. partners P partners yeah so um the three of us actually we uh we, we I was there for was I I was there like fourteen years you were there like twenty one years
1: right well I taught there stop you must have skipped that day <laughs> <laughs> if it was after two thousand nine it was <laughs> after two thousand nine uh, yeah. <laughs> no I mean it's I, I've taught there so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Reg's a good guy, man. Good I mean, guy. He's he's
0: he's trained so many people. You know, there's a lot of people that are represented on this floor today that um or this weekend that that, that, that came through uh Reg's program. Well I'm sure he's really proud.
2: You know, you know Philip Wolf that, Of course. You know, he, he started through PR Partners. Of course.
1: Of oh. course, of course. I yeah. mean look, there's not a whole lot of people I don't know that are anyone's. You yeah. know, I mean I like to think that there's the The real deals out there, you know, they the cream does rise to the top, no cream doubt. The cream does rise, you know. that,
0: that That's amazing. Um, oh, my. I, we went on to Reg, and I forgot my question. <laughs> lock, yeah. Well, anyways, first off, big shout-out to Reg once again. Uh. And PR partners. But
2: anyways, so so I'm going to go back to where we circled at, like, you know, how you got into education and how people wanted what you were given, teaching since, you know, this is pre-social media. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So So you're saying that you started going to shows – was it, as an independent, I guess, educator, uh, you know, because a lot of the shows are filled by brands, mm-hmm. was it hard to get in there as an independent? No,
1: no. And I think that was just from years of teaching. You know, you have to think about a lot of these different shows, um, you know, they were desperate in the beginnings for people who had true curriculum. I mean, let's face it, you know, the digital world has changed the education uh, um platform no doubt about it Uh, but I don't know I mean maybe I'm maybe I'm old school call me that that's okay I'm happy to receive it I just prefer OG OG but I'm a little old school in that you know I always want to under promise and over deliver and I feel like a lot of social media over promises and under delivers I mean you know on the social platform it can be really easy to look cool right but when you get in the classroom and you get in the trenches with those folks it's tough for them to fill two hours with, uh, you know, anything other than just talking and with real knowledge. A, yeah, right, with yeah. real knowledge, and I don't mean that about everyone, but I think it just got oversaturated, right? So I think people who really truly want uh, education that they can learn on Sunday and go back on Tuesday and use. They're always in my classroom because, and by the way, I have so many repeat students, which tells you a lot about the education model that I have. It's not just a one and done. It's not, let's go see the flash in the pan. Let's go listen to the lady with some wisdom because, you know, my classroom is full of not only business acumen, but, you know, skills, skill set, how to run a business, how to do things, and uh, how to be the best possible version of yourself. So it's really more than just uh, the latest and greatest little twirl.
2: And, and I know you're not just just spewing that because I literally know people that have done that. Yeah, we but, opened, you opened up the podcast saying about that. Yeah, you know, people. have. So many people. Yeah, have you know not not once but two, three, four times they've been to your academy and and uh, and it really literally changed them behind the chair.
1: Yeah, I know, and it's really interesting because. I, I don't give myself enough credit sometimes for that, because I'm, I'm a very humble little southern lady who just feels like, oh, thank you so much, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Uh, but Sam Villa said it best to me the other day, and he said, you know, my, my marketing team told me one day, Sam, Sam, just get over your nice self. Get out there and bang the pots and pans, and really tell people about the things that you can do that can really help them, and that you are great, you know, and it's hard to toot your horn, it's hard to say those things, but but that's why he is who he is, and I want to be remembered in this industry as not being somebody who's beating their chest, but somebody who is helping your heartbeat beat louder, and that you are now seeing a clearer picture. I mean, if I can teach somebody one little thing that can make them a better living uh, and work smarter, not harder, I've succeeded. That's amazing.
0: So you kind of, we, we talked about, like, is not being a trend. How early on were you um, teaching Cause it Because it seems like it, it, the early part of our careers, we were doing, you know, like, baby lights all over the head. And, and at what point, how long have you been teaching it and then... We'll
1: pick up from there. Twenty-five years and we first started teaching it with a comb and a hundred volume.
0: <gasps>
1: yeah. So it has morphed, you know, quite right. quite um a lot from there. And you know, and then, you know, obviously I began to put a curriculum together for it. And I like to think that um, you know, there's a lot of folks out there teaching that were in my classroom and have sure. made it their own, which of course is a, a great compliment. Um, I'm the creator of the money piece and trademarked of the money piece for, you know, all these years. And now people have their interpretations of the money piece and all those things. But basically for over 25 years, I mean, my salon is probably 90% balayage and has been for the past 15, 17 years.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I remember like 20 years ago a client going like, do you know how to French balayage? And I'm like, what's that? (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's so it's it. And. I mean, obviously, now we know it and use it and all this and stuff. love it and love it. yeah, and it's cause funny because
2: I literally had a client in uh, over this a couple of days ago, and she's like, "Oh, how do you like my money piece?" Now that <laughs> it's funny because how that that lingo has gone to the client.
1: I know, and I, I, it's so funny because I actually this is this I, I need to tell your listeners this because yeah. everybody's like, "Why did you call it the money?" Piece? And I go, well, it's really simple. When I was in the classroom, I was trying to teach people about where hair parts and where hair falls because there's a whole um, conception of of the gravity. You know, like a foil is like spaghetti and and balayage is flat like lasagna, right? So I'm trying to teach them about how, how they need to learn to ride the ridge of the hair, right? And then I just came up with this whole thing about look, guys, if you don't paint the money, you don't make the money. And it was just like, it was just, that's all it was. And I said, you know, when your guest gets the duck face in the mirror and you know you nailed it, that's the money piece. That's when she feels sexy. That's when she feels alive. That's when you know you nailed it. And you don't have to lie and say, well, let's part your hair on the other side, you know, (laughs) just because you missed it. (laughs) I feel like she's been talking to my clients. (laughs) (laughs) You probably do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> guilty. Are we all guilty? Come on, Candy. Yeah, I'm guilty too. That's yeah, why I yeah. tried to say it like that, you know, and then it just kept going on about I have a lot of funny sayings in the classroom. It's just it's just my personality. You know, but it's to help people commit to memory. Well, you know, I, I
0: We often say that that Michael Cole can say so much in so few words. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like you, as soon as you say something, it's kind of in that realm, like so much
1: is said with so few words. Mm -hmm. It's a gift. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Sure thing, man. I try really hard because, you know, there's nothing worse than uh, uh, somebody who's babbling about something and you're like, get to the point. (laughs) 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 Yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> I like how she looked at me
2: She's like somebody's babbling. <laughs> no, no, he looked
1: at you. I did not. I'm sitting across the table from you. She has no choice. She has to look at you. <laughs>
2: so, so, what's what's next? I mean, you, I mean here you are. You, I mean, you have a, you're thriving. You have a great, successful academy. Uh, you guys, obviously, you, you're evolving.
1: Well, really right where, where do you see Candy Shaw in the future? Well, really, right where I'm at, meaning just trug, chugging right along, loving what Stay I'm on doing, that train. staying on that train. Um, obviously, I'm creating much, many more products, product development, mm-hmm. things like that. You can't create a brand and not start. You know, just came out with Moonlights. We had Sunlights. You know, that's for foiling, first to market, Kalen Lightner. But really, um, enjoying life. You know, I have got two grandchildren now, and I've got a son getting, another son getting married next year and a daughter who's getting ready to graduate from college. So, you know, you've got to take time for you, too. So I'm working every day on the work-life balance. Every morning I wake up work-life balance Um, I'm not a master at it yet I got to tell you you know it's really hard sometimes to say that little word no you know because you want to help people but I feel like I don't want to be standing on the stage like an old rock and roller people going oh gosh get off the stage you've been here too long I know when that moment will come and I know when I will feel it I don't feel it yet I still have a lot left to give a lot left a lot left to to share Uh, and, um, I, I just think when you get at this, you're sort of seasoned, you know, I've been in a can can seasoning for a long time, (laughs) (laughs) you know, when you know you're ripe, you know, you're good, but, um, I'm just growing still. I just love, I love this industry. I'm passionate about young stylists. I'm passionate about teaching in schools. I'm passionate about giving back. You know, I, I've lived through a a period of life where you hid your trade secrets secrets you know you didn't tell anybody anyway any way to do something i mean reg i mean i i i know he lived through that because he's the same genres as as my dad and some of these industry greats but you used to not share it you know and then it the floodgates opened and then if you weren't sharing you weren't caring and if you weren't sharing you really were kind of a, a dud so, yeah. for me, uh, I just want to share it till my last breath. Um, I'm only as good as the last haircut. I did. And, by the way, I'm, the way, I'm still at the chair. I still work at the, yeah. at the chair. People are like, what? I've just said what in my head. Yeah. And, you know, what? You're still at the chair? I still work at the chair three days a week. And it. I love it because it keeps a pulse on me as an educator. Yeah. Because how can I answer your question in the classroom if I'm just – on a plane all the time and I'm not really yeah. doing Sally and Susie and I don't have those clients that I'm, you know, trying to educate about the money piece, right? the money piece. You know, so, business, <laughs> <right>? you <laughs> know, so for a, me, you know, it's, it's my a hobby. You know, I don't do it for the money. I do it for the, the love of the craft, you know, and that's where I'm, that's where my head's at. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, do, do, you said you talk to your father every day, so does he ever come to the shop
1: and hang out or does he? Oh, yeah, tells me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they, they uh, warned me, here to he the, comes. Do
0: you send, the, send him to the salon down the street? Like, <laughs> Dad, go there for six months.
1: No, no, I don't. Actually, I welcome, uh, you know, we love having him. I mean, it's 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 so iconic. You know, when I'm talking about a real icon, you know, people will say to me sometimes, oh, you're such an icon. I go, oh, no, I'm not. You know, you know the this word is much, you know, used a little too freely. Yeah. You have got to work your whole career to be called that, in my opinion you know, to be truly iconic. Does, does he ever Does he ever do, do hair still once in a while? No, he retired. He came back one time for, we did a, 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 a philanthropic thing for haircuts for Haiti. My son was going to Haiti to do a mission trip. He's a, um, a medical student and they were doing a mission trip in Haiti. And uh, he came back and cut some hair. And it was really ironic because he had retired, right? And so everybody could only do like three people. And the three people that he got on his book were three of his clients that he couldn't stand. <laughs> 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 they found him. He's like, I don't believe it. I've been retired for three years, and the, they're here. They come again. That is, so. I, we uh, at PR Partners,
0: our, our friend Jackie. She gave me the greatest advice, or not the greatest advice, but the most truthful advice. She's like, if if you ever lose that client you hate, your chairs opened up for another client you're going to hate. Yeah, she's, that's like, true. she's like, there's just you just you're going to have those clients, so don't try to run away from them. Just like deal with the ones that you have. Yeah, but
2: unfortunately what? for this, you know, he gets the three clients that he that he couldn't stand. So it forced him back into retirement <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> forever. I'm retired well, again. I
1: like to say, like attracts like, you <laughs> <know>? <laughs> <laughs> and you deserve it.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious! That's incredible. That, that's
1: I, yeah, I now, now I'm gonna go research your dad. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have him in the chair next time. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot to say, he's got a lot of wisdom. You know, I'm sure, a lot of folks don't even remember E.F. Hutton. Uh, do you remember E.F. Yeah, when of E.F. Hutton speaks; everyone listened. My dad was the E.F. Hutton of hairdressing, and to this day, we unfortunately just had to spend some time a couple of weeks ago at a funeral of one of the you know uh, wives of uh, an amazing, amazing hair family in Chicago. And uh, looking at all those uh, Godfathers or, or 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 the I don't know they were they were truly the people that paved the way for all of us. Right. And my husband teaches a class in beauty school called you know how to get and keep your first job out of out of beauty school but really what it is is he educates them on the industry forefathers and foremothers you know that were there before because he can put up a picture of you know Vidal Sassoon and they don't even know who it is you know so we're 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 on a mission to recirculate you know what what was in this industry that really we should never forget. I
2: Definitely. love, yeah. yeah. I I love, and, and if there's anything that we can do to help spread that love, you let us know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: we're we're
0: kind of on that same mission. The same, like, like we brought Eden Sassoon on, mm-hmm. just and if you listen to that podcast, it's just, it's actually kind of cool. It's her relationship with her dad, her relationship with the icon, her dad, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it was just such a great conversation, and 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 she she could kind of tell us like what was going on in Vidal's life as. A B and C was happening to us. Yeah. It she's was a, a re- it was really cool. She's a
1: great girl. You know, we did that leading ladies with her yes, when yes we so were so doing so. that here. It actually uh, started here at Premier Orlando. So she's a she's a great person. Yeah. That's really awesome. cool.
0: Hey, what a kinda, um, so a fifty chair salon, like if you, do you have any advice as far as like what systems need to be in place or, or what systems that that, that, that that you have there that, that are super successful?
1: Yes, I do. Um, I think you have to have scripts for everything. You know, how you answer the phone, how you deal with an upset guest. You know, everybody kind of needs to be on the same page of all the, the scripts. Like, how do you answer this question? You know, there's too many, like you say, somebody learns something from one, learns something from the other. I think that starts at the front of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, hiring smarter, uh, meaning hiring happy, you know, you, you can, I can teach anybody to do a great haircut and highlight, but I can't teach you to be happy. Um, you, you have to hire awareness, people who are aware and believe in a culture. Um, I've just, I don't tolerate the divas and, and you know, the, the uh, I call it, you know, the people that want to be the serotonin suckers that hang out in the broke right. room. You know, uh, for me, it's just about team. You know, and we really, really work hard at um cheerleading that team all the time. What gets rewarded gets repeated, and that's really important.
0: How long is your leash like if you like you know you had this great interview and this person like seemed awesome, but then like maybe not so awesome
1: well some what we do is they go through a process where they come in, they spend a few hours, you know we test drive the car so to speak, right. and they test drive us. And then we give them a two-week time period, and at that time I tell them, look, if it doesn't fit, let's be adult about it, and let's walk away, shake hands. I can pick up this phone right now and get you a job anywhere in Atlanta, wherever you want to work, if I'm not your hair home. So we spend that two weeks getting to know each other, sort of you know, uh, working on h- how they fit, how, how we fit. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, when I, when I actually bring them on to the team, I say, you know, my goal is to raise champions. That's all I want out of you, you know, is just to give it your best effort and just to be a, a hair champion. And I'll do everything in my power to give you all the things and the tools that you need in your toolbox to succeed, succeed. But you also have to show up on time, ready to work, and be ready to receive that information and accept the criticisms, too, because not every day is uh, a, about perfection. Were so these,
2: Were these the kind of conversations you guys have at Intercoff you're, when you said all these successful yes, salon yes. owners get together? And, and yeah.
1: yeah, a lot of great roundtable, but in a different kind of way. Usually, at a dinner or somewhere else and and just a philosophy of my father 's you know uh, always is just you know our biggest competitors are our biggest friends in the city. I started a salon owners association about five years ago where we meet with the top salon owners in the city and we discuss um, you know hey, where are you getting your uh, towels from you know who 's doing your right. insurance you know where do you get your cleaning service you know we share those kinds of ideas I mean. It really is important that we all help each other, and, you know, during the pandemic, I don't know what I would have done without those relationships, you know, because each of us were really, uh, you know, latching on to each other and just figuring this thing out as we were uh, negotiating this new world. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Did you work with uh, Daniel? Daniel who? Mason Jones. Oh, I know Daniel, but I I don't work with him, no, but um, I'm very aware of Daniel, and, you know, there's all, like, van councils right down the street, one mile from me, and, um, obviously, many others. Jeff South, who's out in Roswell, and Jessica Solar. I mean, we've got some really big powerhouses. My uncle, lots of really Amanda Hare from Bob Steele Salons. I mean, they're they're great friends. It's dude. We keep
0: like we 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 want to like rent a van and put like our studio in a van and like we our number one place is always Atlanta. Like we got to get to our friends in Atlanta because there's just so much going on there. There's so much industry that's happening there.
1: Yeah, we're kind of known as the hair mafia. (laughs) Now I'm scared. (laughs) No, I mean, we we we, might not come home. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, we protect our kin, you know, it's just the way it is. I mean, you know, um, and and by the way, you know, we'll pick up the phone and I'll say, hey, you know, I've got Corey here. Corey, just is not the perfect fit for me. I really think they're a perfect fit for you because, you know, I mean, there's there's a certain brand that walks through your door and you just know, are they going to fit your culture or not? That's. You know, uh, and so I would much rather save this industry to um, having folks that are in a place they love. I mean, creativity doesn't breed in a negative environment, right? right. Nobody goes to work. If you hate your job, you're not going to be creative, you know, right. and we're creative people, and hairdressing is a license of opinion, right? So yeah. right. So we have to really make sure that we get that right on the front end.
2: Has Has one of those salons ever called you back and said, candy what were you thinking <laughs> <laughs>
1: um i'm gonna plead the fifth on that <laughs> we always know what that means right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when a new hire comes in though i mean are they are are they interacting with candy or i mean if you have 50 is oh it yeah
1: they're with with the whole team i mean they they're shadowing me that's another thing that i uh, i actually offer in my classes is shadow days for um people who actually are taking the class that weekend to come spend the day in the salon i think oh, it's nice. a it's a beautiful place for people to learn a lot, right? Um, So if a new hire comes in, I mean, they're shadowing everyone. They're just learning about the ins and outs and, you know, how we work. I mean, I think if you could, like I said, test drive the car. I mean, don't you know you're going to, hey, I can see myself here. These people are nice. I tell them all the time when they come in, don't ask me, ask them, you know, I'm going to tell you we're great. Now go ask them and see if we really are. So oh,
2: any listeners that want to be test
1: driven, <laughs> <laughs> uh, go, go see Candy. Yeah, it's me. a yellow Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Just kidding. Oh, boom, <laughs> boom.
0: So do but do you consult, like if a new hire comes in, do you consult with your team and like have little meetings and like, is this person working out? Is this person not working out? Or like, how does that communication filter through the, through the company?
1: It's pretty obvious. I mean, everybody knows when somebody feels good. right? Right. And I think that when someone really feels good, you offer them that two weeks. And then if there's issues and challenges along the way. Those things rear their head. You know, the flags come up. That's why that two-week period is just a really important time. And I want them to not have to be locked into something and a decision. You know, if a lot of people have buyer's remorse, you know, sure. and they have job remorse, and they have um, quitting remorse, and they have moving remorse, and they have marriage remorse, and you know, <laughs> let's go on. But but sometimes people don't get it right either. And I don't, I don't want to force, I, I don't want anyone being there that doesn't want to be there, of course. Sure. Um, because my goal is to uh, get them in the trenches as soon as possible and to grow them, and uh, I can't do that if if we didn't get that right on the front end. So my team will tell me they'll 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 whisper in my ear, or you know, or they will tell me right. And what that means is by their actions, they don't right. they come late, they don't dress properly, they you know they obviously the way they're treating our guests, um, all those things are 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 things that lead up to the hire. Now you said doesn't dress properly. Do do they all have to wear yellow? No, 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 no. Is that they the don't. dress code. No, they don't. But I mean, you know, you can't um, be a, a a million dollar hairdresser and not look like one too. Sure. You know, I mean, I'm in the city of Buckhead, which is a very hot melting pot of you know, call it your Rodeo Drive of Beverly Hills. You know, you can't be there and uh, charge top dollar. And show up in bedazzled sweatpants flip-flops with your hair on top of your head with Starbucks <laughs> right. and no makeup and right. not looking the part. So, you know, you know, there's people who, listen, I got I to gotta be honest, you know, casual Friday is now Monday through Sunday. It's also really hurt our, our industry, you know, because some people don't take doing their hair and makeup, especially women, seriously. And yet you're a beauty authority? I'm not sure. that's a juxtaposition to me. It doesn't seem logical that I would show up to work not looking my best. It's like the dentist with bad teeth, I guess, you know, for me. So we've got to work harder on that. You know, Uh, I grew up in the days of really discipline. Uh, I moved to Europe when I was 18 years old and I worked in salons over there and um, just for kind of traveling around with some of the, the French hairdressing greats and, You know, the way that they treated our craft was just so just elegant and graceful and had so much dignity and respect. You know, hairdressers have a harder time getting respected every day, and we've done it to ourselves. You know, it's our fault, really. You know, not you guys, because y'all are part of the OG team, but, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them. But, no, <laughs> but I mean, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, when people talk about, oh, the millennials, I love the millennials. Mm. I think they're fantastic. I think you just got to learn to manage them differently. Right. Um, well, let's
0: get into that. Like, like, what, what, what are the how would you manage them millennial? Or how do you yeah, mean, yeah. obviously you do differently than yeah
1: well you got to listen to their music you know you got to understand them you got to hear their song you got and but they've got to listen to yours too you know they've got to hear your music and uh i just think that you train them differently you know they they their minds are like squirrels no offense but they're they everything's very instant right so their world is quick 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 you know so um you got to tra- train them in, um, you know, quick uh, intervals, so to speak. You know, they're, they're, they're learning. Th- the way they learn is differently. And, and it's easy for me because of my learning disability to have a lot of empathy for people that learn differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for me, I, I'm always working on a better way to get to my student or to get to that, that person You know, a lot of it is just lack of leadership. You know, I say that the salon industry has suffered, the salon industry like mine, a 50-chair salon, has suffered for everyone leaving and going to a booth renting situation, not just because it's shiny and new and it's your place and you can get your freedom. It's really a lack of leadership. You know, and that's really a hard thing to say as as being one, you know, being a salon owner, it's hard for me to really say that to the salon owners out there, but you can't dial it in and go just, you know, check your mail every day. That's why I'm still at the chair. I mean, I can't expect my team to do what I don't do, right? I lead by example. And so for me, I think uh, i made it a conscious effort to show them the way and to show them, you know, how you can really be successful and not just tell them how to do it.
2: So so you're running a business, yeah. a 50-chair salon, which is huge. You still work three days a week behind the chair. Mm-hmm. How often are you running uh, your educational classes?
1: Um, every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> just about. Oh, sorry. That, that was the table, to, people. Um, that sounds like a work ma- uh, life. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. No. Usually, you know, there's obviously seven or eight shows a year, right? Then uh, my academy is usually about every other month. And then I do a lot of digital education, which I get to sleep in my own bed. I get to sleep in my own bed when I'm doing my academy as well. And I'm in the salon two to three days, depending on that um, schedule and what we're doing, you know, as far as whether or not we have um, a show that weekend, maybe I only work two days, you know, that type of thing. But Pretty much all the time. But look, again, I love what I do. It's not a job. Job stands for just above broke, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's a career. It's the life I've chosen. And I get to travel with my family. I'm here with my family. And I love it. I just, I never get tired of it. And I do go to bed at night. I am not the girl hanging at the bar, you know, with everybody until midnight. I, I, I know that balance. You know, I'm going to be in the classroom tomorrow and on Monday here all day. And those students are relying on me. And I'm going to bring them my best version of me, right? I don't want to come in not feeling good, right. dragging. So uh, I manage that really, really well.
2: So we're not going to see you at the Rock Ball tonight, tonight then? No. Okay.
1: <laughs> now, I'll be getting that steak in Capital <laughs> Grill, and I'll be going to bed. <laughs> going to bed.
2: So, our listeners, uh, I, obviously, uh, I mean, they, I'm sure they, they know who you are, and if not, um, how can how can they find you? How can they just learn more about you? Learn more about what you're doing and
1: what you're offering. Well, you're sweet to offer that. Um, At the Bali Lama is my Instagram. Not at the Rocks Bar, but at the Bali Lama. At the (laughs) Bali Lama. And uh, Sunlight's Pro, Sunlight's Professional. Um, You can just go onto our website, hit find a class or uh, find a class near you. I have 130 educators across the country that can come to them and teach them as well. So it's not just me. There's only one of me, so they can either come to Atlanta or find me on, on the show floor or at a distributor event of somebody who distributes my product, um, and then of course, um, you know, online at Candy Shaw and on YouTube, lots of videos out there. So if you just want to lay up in bed at night and watch a video, that that's that's a, an option too.
0: That's amazing, Candy. Yep. You're 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 such a great advocate for for our industry and. and like I said, we've been we've been following you for years, and just so thank honored you. that you're sitting with us. I, I really, really appreciate it.
1: Well, I appreciate being here, and I just want to say that to any, each and every person out there, share your gifts. You know, pay it forward, treat people kindly, do things well, and your life will be fulfilled. That's amazing, Miss Candy Shaw.
0: Thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. <laughs>